0: So, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning as we continue to press in and discovering our purposes, experiencing you, Lord God, opening our hearts to fresh vision from heaven. We thank you, Lord, as we continue to uh, grow in our relationship with you, we grow in community with one another, as we also make a commitment to make a difference, to be available for you to work in and through us in making a difference in this world that we live in. As you make a difference in our lives, Lord God, it's our desire that we also would make a difference in someone else's life. In Jesus' name, may they experience you through our lives this day in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you all are difference makers whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, or whether you experience that or not, but we all have the ability to make a difference. Um, we want to make a difference in a positive way. We want to always be making a difference for the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom come, his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So our goal is to be in alignment with the Father, having the Holy Spirit be leading, guiding, and directing us so that we are making a difference in people's lives. God's love for us, this is, I uh, got this from uh, Pastor Bill Johnson. Says, God's love for you is the greatest reality in the universe. And to be living unaware of it is to live aware of the inferior. And so we need to realize, as, as uh, Pastor Bill Johnson stated, that, that we owe the world an encounter with God. You, And I, all of us together, we owe the world an encounter with God. The love of God in our hearts that's been shed abroad, that's been deposited into our hearts by the Holy Spirit was not put in there to be a reservoir, but to put in there to be a channel of blessings, a river flowing out, making a difference and having people having uh, people coming into an encounter with God, making a difference in their lives as we interact with people. We are introducing them into an encounter with Almighty God. There's so many ways that this is happening, whether you're conscious of it or not. Uh, The goal is what we want to become conscious of is the fact that am I making a difference? positive impact on people's lives? Am I making a positive difference in someone's lives? And, and so it's something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of us wrestle with it at different seasons of life. You know, we can start doubting ourselves and start, you know, questioning ourselves. And I even go through seasons like that wondering, you know, have I, you know, has, has the ministry, has Grace Church really made a difference? You know, with the community miss Grace Church if Grace Church were no longer here? You know, start entertaining questions like that, but then making sure that I draw close to God and, and, and know that No word from God ever returns void, but always accomplishes that whereunto He sends it. So a lot of word has been sent out through the Ministry of Grace Church over the years. And so and none of it ever returns void. So we have to believe that and believing that it makes a difference. But when you get in those seasons where you're feeling tired or you're feeling weary, you can begin to question yourself, does it really matter? Does it really matter? Well, of course it matters. My life matters. Your life matters. Your gifts and your callings matter, and they do make a difference in the lives of people. Uh, whether you're a school teacher, you have the ability to make a tremendous impact and difference among your students. As parents, we make a difference with our children. Uh, it's just no matter whatever our vocation is, whatever it is that God has gifted us to do, uh, we, we have the ability to make a difference in people's lives, and we owe the world, again, I'll state this again from Bill Johnson, that we owe the world an encounter with God, making a difference as we interact with them. So think of, for, just take a moment and think about who do I interact with in the course of a day or in the course of a week? Who do I interact with? And your first thought might be, well, I don't interact with that many people, but you probably, that's probably not true. You, pro- you most likely interact with more people than you think about and in that interaction that I have with people throughout the course of the week, am I making a positive impact? Has that person or are those people having an encounter with God, with God's mercy, with God's grace, with God's kindness, with God's goodness, with God's blessings as a result of having had, had, had an impact from my life? Was it positive? Was it negative? And so you have the ability to make a positive impact on people's lives and to make a difference in people's lives, whether it be the mechanic that's fixing your car, whether it's the waiter or waitress that's serving you, uh, whatever hospitality workers you may come in contact with, whatever phone calls or, or uh, uh, business interactions you may have throughout the course of the week. Are you making a difference in the life of a person by your kindness Goodness and, and your uh, gentleness toward people, and just you know, owing them, recognizing that yes, I owe this person an encounter with God, so I'm going to be kind to this person. I'm going to thank this person. I'm going to I'm going to have a compliment for this person. I'm going to say something that builds this person up, all throughout the week. It's not just something we do when we put on our Sunday best and what the day is Sunday, so we need to be be at our best behavior. No, it's 24 7. People are looking and people are starving for affection. And and, and they are looking for the love of God and for the peace of God to, to, to come into their lives. So we are to live. We are to love. We are to serve one another in response to God's love for us and in us. We are not to be doing the things that we are doing in reaction to evil. So many times, our people get all riled up and they, 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 they get, uh, you know, there's a call to arms because of the evil that's taking place in our culture. Well, certainly we don't want to be passive about that, but the ultimate call and the best way to make a difference in a person's, in, in people's lives, is to be proactive and to be living and loving and serving people in response to God's love for us. Amen. Amen. Whenever you get all call, you know, whenever you, you rally the troops and there's a call to arms over, over a current event that's taking place, that's, those are fleeting moments in reality of the, of the big picture of the kingdom. Because as soon as that, whatever that event was that got you all riled up, whether it's political, whether it was a spiritual or, what, or social event, whatever it may have been, as soon as that is over, now your call to arms is gone. And now you just kind of go stagnant until something else crops up and gets you all fired up again. So one moment you're hot and the next moment you're cold. Well, that's not a good way to make a difference in our culture, in our community, in our world at large. The better way is to always be responding and to be motivated out of God's love that's been deposited into our heart by the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, I'm going to read three verses here, 16 through 19, I believe it is. Uh, It says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Verse 18, dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Everyone say actions. Then the first part of verse 19 says, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So God's love for you, in you, is the greatest reality in the universe. So make sure that you're living aware of that. Always have a consciousness of that and that you don't find yourself just uh, uh, living with an awareness of the inferior. God is good, and he wants you to uh, uh, show his goodness and his kindness and use his love, uh, have his love flowing in you and through you and making a difference in the lives of other people. Your actions will show that you belong to the truth, and those types of actions will always make a difference in the lives of other individuals. Then in Ephesians chapter 4, which we looked at last week when we were talking about uh, uh, growing in community, in verse 16 of, uh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 16. It's talking about Jesus Christ and the ministry gifts in the body of Christ and, and the purpose of them and how he's working together with us. So says that he makes, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its special, its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So he, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together. So that's all of us working together, all of us purposing to be making a difference, each part doing its own special work. You have a special gifting, you have a special grace, you have special talents that God has graced you with. And when you are flowing in your gift set in your skill set in the talents that God has gifted you with, when you are flowing in that, you are making a difference. Each part does its own special work. So your gifting is special. It's different than mine. Mine's different than yours, and yours is different than someone else's. But don't ever think, well, it's not special. It's not necessary. I shared with you how I, even I, I wrestle with that sometimes, and it's very understandable. We can easily become discouraged and wondering, is, is my gift, is my contribution really making a difference? Yes, each part working together. If each part is not working together, it's not going to work really well. I don't know how mechanically inclined you are. I'm not real mechanically inclined, but uh, I finally realized that just a few years ago. It's only been a few years ago that I finally stopped trying to analyze, make an analysis as to what's wrong with my car. For some reason, all these years, I thought if I'm going to take it to to the repair, to the mechanic, I need to tell him what's wrong with it so he can fix it. I mean, why would you take it there if you don't know what's wrong with it? So I've just kept thinking I would take cars for a drive. I would crawl under cars and I would listen and I'd open the hood and I'd look and I'd have no idea what's going on in there, but I'd look at it anyway. And then I'd crawl underneath it again. And then I'd take it for a drive and I'd speed up and i hit the brakes hard. And just, you know, I have to figure out what's wrong so I can take it. But then I realized that the mechanic has been trained and he has a skill set that I don't have. And I, he just smiles. He just smiles. and says, okay, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. And now today they don't only have to, you know, they have the computer diagnosis. They just plug it in to figure out what's going on. <laughs> but anyway, I, I tried to, I, I kept trying to flow in someone else's gifting and someone else's skill set. And there's nothing, I wasn't anywhere close to even having any idea what's going on. I mean, one time I thought my, my transmission was going, Whack on me, and because and, uh, it just sounded horrible, had this horrible sound every time I'd slow up and come to a stop sign. But yet, when I speed up when I'm driving, it was just fine. I come slowing down, it makes this grinding sound. I thought, wow, that's a, that has to be a transmission. That's metal on metal. And so, five, thought, okay, there's something wrong. So, I take it to the grouch and he put it up in the lift, and he gets his little screw gun out and some sheet metal screws, and there's a shield over the, <laughs> the drive shaft. That the screws, I guess, rusted off or broke off. And when, when we weren't driving, there was no draft to hold it up anymore. And then it would drop down and go, it had this grinding sound to it. So after my analysis of a transmission, I find out that it took like two sheet metal screws in five minutes. And he said, oh, no charge today. <laughs> no charge today, Pastor. Thank you for letting us use your parking lot. <laughs> the crouch up the street here. They do their test driving through our parking lot. So if you ever see people speeding through here, it's not me. It's the mechanic. So anyway, flow, my point being, flow in your gifting. Let other people flow in their giftings and and, and all of us, each part, each part doing its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. We help one another when we're flowing in what we're good in. So let's flow what we're good in. Let's let's make sure that we remain full of love and making a difference and continue to believe God that we are doing a tremendous service helping other people, serving and doing our part. In Luke chapter 5, we have the story of Jesus healing a paralyzed man. The story has it in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus was in the house teaching and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And some guys decided to remember that they had a friend that's paralyzed and they thought we could make a difference in this man's life. And so they went to the man's house and they picked him up on his mat and, and they carried him to the house where Jesus was ministering the word of God and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And they got to the house and there's so many people there that they couldn't get close. They couldn't get into the house. It was so full of people that they couldn't get in. But these guys decided our friend is paralyzed. We, need, we really believe we can make a difference in his life if we get him into the presence of Jesus where the power of the Lord is present to heal. So when they come to the house and realize that it's full, they still didn't give up. They decided we're going to go up on the roof. We're going to open up some roof tiles and we're going we're to lower our friend down on his, on, on his mat. We're going to lower him down. Down right in front of Jesus. And the scripture tells us this is in Luke 5, I encourage you to read it. The scripture tells us that when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said to the man, Your sins are forgiven you. And then, of course, some of the religious people that were in the meeting, they didn't think that Jesus should be speaking like that. Who is he to say your sins are forgiven? Only God alone can do that. Then the conversation goes on a little bit farther. And eventually Jesus told the young man, I don't know how young he was, but he told the paralytic, he told him, take up your bed and walk. So the man that was paralyzed was carried there by some friends received a miracle healing and he walked out of there carrying the mat that they that they brought him in on. Now he's walking and he's carrying it out. Now do you think that the men that went to his house and picked him up and carried him and took him up on the roof and opened up the ceiling and lowered him down in the presence of Jesus, do you think they made a difference in the man's life? Does it sound all that difficult to do that? You just decide, you know what? I think I'm going to go pick someone up and take them to the church meeting today. I'm going to take them to the house of God. And it makes a difference. And believing that it will make a difference in their lives. It made such a difference in this man's life. It made such a difference. It's a story that was recorded in the canons of of the scripture that we have it for our benefit today. And I'm sure when these men started out to pick up their friend, all they were thinking of was, you know, we want our friend to have this opportunity to receive this healing, they had no idea that not only was it going to make a difference in, this, in the paralytic, but it was going to make a difference in multiple, multiple thousands of people over the centuries that would hear that story, and, and faith would come as a result of hearing that story, and they also would receive their miracle healing. So when we're talking about making a difference, think about the men that picked this person up and carried him to the place where Jesus was. So, said, well, it's not that big a deal. It didn't, it didn't cost us anything. It, it really wasn't that difficult. It didn't, take a big, it didn't take months of planning. It's just something, a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Follow through with it, and you made tremendous difference in the life of an individual, and not only that individual, but the ripple effect of so many other people receiving miraculous healing because they hear the testimony of this man that was healed. So it should encourage us to... to uh, And not allow the weight of the world to to press us to be always inward thinking, always being mindful of ourselves, but open ourselves up. How can I make a difference in someone else's life today? What act of obedience, what act of kindness can I do that's going to make a difference in someone else's life? And I'm sure you have experienced some of the things that I've experienced. I've purposed already that I'm going to do an act of kindness. And the person I... Shared this act of kindness with wasn't all that thankful for it. They weren't all that appreciative of it, and that can be very discouraging. Say, "Well, I've done, you know, I've been there, done that. I'm not going to do that again." But let's not allow that attitude to take over in our lives. Let's always be open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And again, it may be something as simple as saying, "You know what? Pick this person up and take this person to the prayer meeting. Take this person to the worship service. Take this person here, or do this for that person." And 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 be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And miraculous things can come out of that. And those stories and those testimonies, the ripple effect of that is just completely, you know, immeasurable on this side of heaven as to who all is going to benefit from that. There's also a story that's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 5. This is the one where Naaman uh, was a commander of the army, but he had leprosy. He was a great commander, but he was a leper. And they had gone into Syria and made some raids into Syria and, 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 and took some of the people captive and brought them back with them, which I found interesting. The one young girl that they brought back with them, he, they appointed the one girl to be, uh, to be the servant to Naaman's wife. And so she was a household servant, household slave, whatever terminology you want to use there. And even though she was uh, captured in Syria by Naaman's armies and brought back to serve in his household, she realizing that he has leprosy. One day she said, To Naaman's wife, said, I wish my master would go would go to Syria. There's a prophet there, Elijah, and he would receive his healing. This girl was a captive. She was taken captive, taken out of her home country, and now is working as a servant girl in Naaman's household. And she has the heart and the compassion. She wants to make a difference in Naaman's life. And she said, you know, and, and she said to Naaman's wife, if he would go to Syria, the prophet there would heal him. Naaman got word about it. He got permission to go back to Syria. He got permission to go, and uh, he had it in his mind. He's going to go before the prophet, and he's going to receive his healing. So Naaman goes and takes some of his officers with him, and they, he ends up coming before Elisha, and uh, before Elisha's gate and, and door, and he's expecting, the Scripture tells us, Naaman is expecting a certain way that Elijah's going to come out, and he's going to be wave his hands over him, or lay his hands on him, and pray over him, or anoint him with oil, and he's going to receive his healing. Elijah didn't do that. He just simply sends one of his servants out to meet Naaman and tells Naaman, go down to the river and dip yourself seven times. And scripture tells us that Naaman became furious. He was furious because he had in his mind how he was going to receive his healing. But the prophet Said, no, just go dip in the river. And so Naaman's frustrated and he's saying, you know, aren't the rivers back in my country even better than this river? They're cleaner than this river. I can just go back home and dip in the river. And he was furious. But the scripture, the the story tells us that his servants reasoned with him. Remember say reason with him? So sometimes making a difference in someone's life is, getting, is, is when you're in the presence of someone that's just furious as to what they've just been told or told to do and they didn't agree with it. It's just to bring a, the, the calm into that situation and to bring reason into that situation and say, well, listen, Naaman, if Elijah would have told you something difficult to do, something challenging to do or something difficult to do, for you to do, you probably would have done it. Why don't you at least just dip in the river seven times? And so he did dip in the river seven times. And seventh time he came up, his skin was completely healed. He received a miracle healing. Healing. Now we oftentimes read that story and we think about Naaman, we think about Elijah, and we talk about all the miracles that happened in Elijah's life and we remember Elijah as a prophet of God and the miracles in his life and that's all wonderful. And Naaman, Naaman, yeah, Naaman's the, the commander that had leprosy and he was healed. That's wonderful. But you have to you can't forget that the servant girl, the slave girl made a tremendous difference in his life. She was the one that was instrumental in getting that ball rolling. Behind the scenes, no name, really no honor, still serving as a servant girl. She's still captive in a foreign land, but she made a difference. And that was also recorded in the scriptures for us today. Many people read that story, and they receive encouragement and they receive confidence that, yes, as Naaman was healed of leprosy, I too can be healed of my skin situation, or I too can be healed of this situation. Just like the paralyzed man was healed, people read that, they hear that. Faith comes by hearing, and people are still being inspired today, and it's still making a difference in people's lives today, believing that that, uh, that they also can receive the miracle healings. So the servant girl was key in making a difference. And then the commanders that Naaman took with him also made a tremendous difference by getting him to calm down and to listen to the voice of reason. Perhaps that's your gifting. You may be counseling or or trained in the realm of counseling and working with people. Mostly what you're doing when you're working with people and counseling people is getting them to calm down and, and to begin listening to the voice of reason. And so you're making a tremendous difference in people's lives. you say, but it's not that significant. You know, they, they're the ones that did what they did, and they're the ones that end up getting the, the results that, 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 that were manifested. But it would not have happened if it wouldn't have been for these other players in, 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 you know, behind the scenes. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. The kingdom of God is no different. Serving in the kingdom of God, we have a tendency to honor all the big-name people. We think all these big ministries, you know, they're all wonderful and how did that happen and how did they do that and how did they grow that ministry that large and how did they build and, and plant that many churches and how did this happen, that, how did that happen? On a local church level, we tend to do it, you know, oh, praise God for pastor, praise God for worship leader, praise God for this person. But you know what? On a local level and on a national level, it's not happening with a whole lot of people behind the scenes making a difference. A whole lot of people behind the scenes making a difference. Go ahead and applaud yourself because you are making a difference. Amen? You're making a difference. A whole bunch of people making a difference. The people in the children's ministry this morning making a difference. You only see their faces, but they're making a tremendous difference. All the people that work behind the scenes and are in here during the week, during rehearsal nights, and, and just getting set up for a weekend service, there's a lot that goes on, and, and, and so much of it is so vitally important, and, but we have a tendency to overlook it, and we have a tendency to sell ourselves short, thinking, well, my contribution doesn't mean that much. Your contribution means a lot. It's every part working together, doing its share, building up the body of Christ. Everyone doing its own special part, building up the body of Christ. Every part. I'm going to say every, one of, every one of us. Amen. So it's every one of us. So I want to encourage you to remain faithful to doing what God has called you to do. And even in, in, uh, in adverse circumstances, there that you, can, you might be able to encourage someone like this servant girl was able to encourage uh, Naaman to go ahead and, and, and to have contact with Elijah and receive his healing. So we owe people, we owe people an encounter with God. We want to be making a difference in people's lives. And to do that, first and foremost, I want to encourage you to pray. So Pastor Ray, I I do pray. I know, but I want you to pray more. Just... just, up, just take it up another notch, a couple notches. Be praying and incorporate in your prayer, how can I make a difference in the life of a child today? How can I make the difference in the life of a hurting person today? How can I make a difference in the life of someone in leadership today? How can I make a difference in the life of someone in positions of authority today? How can I do that? I want to encourage you to pray. When Jesus was ready to launch the church, he told the disciples, don't leave here. Don't even think about trying this without the Holy Spirit. Don't even think about doing this without the Holy Spirit. So stay in the upper room and pray and get yourselves so full of God's love and so full of the Holy Spirit that when you leave that upper room that you're going out to make a difference in someone's life. So number one, I would encourage us all to keep praying and to to up the prayer and and to add to our prayer. Lord, help me, uh, lead me, and and give me the words to speak. Give me the thing to do uh, concerning and how I can make a difference in someone's life today. Then uh, after you prayed, I want to encourage you to uh, consciously purpose to keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. The love of God is in us, it's been deposited into our heart by His Holy Spirit. We have to maintain and keep ourselves in that spirit of love. And because many of the things that come against us have a tendency to get us irritated or, you know, get us out of the love of God. And we start responding in the flesh. So keep yourself in the love of God. That'll go a long way in making a difference in people's lives. Then, number three is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit prompting. Just be sensitive. Be sensitive. And when you have a prompting of the Holy Spirit, just don't be in such a hurry that you just kind of, that, that you ignored. You just brush it off while well, do it later. Follow through with it. Don't allow the voice of reason to talk you out of it. Naaman's uh, servant girl. She really could have just talked herself out of that idea of uh, sending Naaman to Elijah to get healed. He said, he doesn't deserve he- healing. He's the commander of the army that took me captive. Why do I want him healed? He can just die. But something prompted her. He could be healed if he went to see the prophet. The commanders that went with him, they followed through and said, "Now listen to the voice of reason. Receive your healing." The paralytic. I personally think the men that went to get him were in the service where Jesus was teaching, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And they were sitting there and they were thinking, "We need to go get our friend." We need to go get our friend. And they could have really easily talked themselves out of it. But if we leave, it's so full in here, we'll never get back in. We'll never get back in. But they left. They followed the prompting. They followed the unction to go get their friend. Brought him back. Could have very easily been discouraged. Well, I guess we didn't hear, you know, now we can't get back in. I told you we'd lose our seat if we leave. But they didn't give up. They said, well... We can go up in the roof and we can easily open up those ceiling tiles and we can let him down right in the front of Jesus. That's exactly what they did. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be bold. Be confident. Be prayed up. And keep yourself in the love of God. And as we do that, we will, we will give to our culture what they deserve. And that is an encounter with the love of God. Amen. Amen. When people come into an encounter with the love of God, they're born again, they're set free, and the the kingdom of God grows, the kingdom of God advances, and we just just get everybody so much, everyone so much closer, prepared for Jesus to come back and to have it all end well. Amen? Praise God. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name for leading us, guiding us, and directing us. Help us, Lord God, and, 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 and lead us and even inspire us in our commitment to pray and, and, and in our prayer time to just be asking of you, be bold, be being bold to ask, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? Who would you help me? Who would you have me reach out to today that they might experience an encounter with God? I pray for everyone in here. I pray for those that are watching online. I thank you all for each one, Lord God, that as we go about our daily routines that we are going out with a greater sensitivity to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking in Jesus' name, and we are being obedient to it, and we give you the honor, we give you all the glory, Father God, that we are making a difference for the kingdom. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, God bless you. Have a terrific, terrific rest of the day. Uh, Stay warm and keep yourself calm and cozy i don't want i don't want to tell you about the snow just i guess just deal with it <laughs> that's what i'm gonna, <laughs> that's what i'm going to do <laughs> right now i'm not in the love of god concerning the snow but anyway <laughs> i'll get there i'll get there god bless you have a wonderful day